Welcome to the Done Right Podcast. I'm Jordan Staples, and over the past decade and a half, I've been studying how people live successful and satisfying lives, both in and outside of work. And here's what I've learned. People in the workforce who are successful and satisfied are the ones that show up, pitch in, and make an impact in their companies. They are the ones who know how to get stuff done, but do it right. So our mission for this podcast is to deliver insight and inspiration to fuel the way you show up at work today. We are here at Workfront Headquarters in Lehigh, Utah, and I am so grateful that you are taking the time to be with me today. We're going to be talking about serving your stakeholders, why shared success really is the only way to win, and we'll dive into what I'm really talking about here and even what stakeholders who they really are, and uh, and how they're really going to help you to succeed. So let me let me kind of just ask you a few questions to get us warmed up here. How many of you are people pleasers? How many of you feel like everyone has an opinion about what you do and how you do it at work? I think most of us would be raising our hands right now if we were seeing each other. But it's totally true. We have a lot of... of uh, pressure, pushing and pulling us in different directions, especially as managers, as leaders, you've got a lot of demand pulling you in different directions. So let me give you a scenario. Let's let's imagine that Richard Branson, the uh, the founder of the Virgin Group, Jack Ma, who's the founder and I think he's the president of the Alibaba Group, uh, Warren Buffett, we're all in a room, right? You guys know Warren Buffett, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, one of the wealthiest men in the world. Let's say we have all three of these men in the, uh, in the room together. We ask them the question, who comes first? Your shareholders, your employees, or your customers? Who takes priority? Whose star do you navigate by? Because heaven knows, you and I both know, the demands and the needs, what those folks want, sometimes is aligned and a lot of times is not. What do you think they're they're going to say? Well, let me, uh, this is a couple of, of quotes from them. Let's say uh, Richard Branson. Okay, there's this quote where he said, my philosophy has always been if you can put staff first, your customer second, and shareholders third, effectively in the end, the shareholders do well, the customers do better, and you're happy. Okay, so Richard Branson's like, put your employees first. There's a lot of people who adopt that mentality. Jack Ma, here's how he would answer that. He says, we believe customers are number one, employees is number two, and shareholders are number three. I believe if the customer is happy, employees are happy, and the shareholders will be happy. Uh, but if shareholders are happy, it may not necessarily mean that customers are happy. It may not mean that your employees will be happy. So Warren Buffett, he obviously gives, <laughs> gives priority to the other group, the shareholders here. And he says, directors should always act as if there's a single absentee owner and do everything reasonably important reasonably possible to advance that owner's long-term interest, right? So kind of saying that your shareholder group, imagine there's this, this absentee owner and it's kind of the collective benefit of that owner. What, you know, what do you need to have in mind and, and keep focused on to make that individual happy? Well, all three of these folks are incredibly successful. They are successful into the billions of dollars, but the fact of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, or at least what what I believe, and this is something I learned from my CEO, Alex Schutman, is that the Branson, Ma, Buffett 
choice or the debate here is a false one. It's a false choice. It's a trick question. There isn't a perpetual struggle being played out in the boardroom between your shareholders, customers, and coworkers, where one's going to win and everyone else is going to lose. And you might totally disagree, but hear me out. You've got to think of them as a mutually supporting ecosystem of your business. One constituent can't thrive without the others thriving too. So even though it interests are most of the time maybe not aligned or it doesn't seem that they are aligned, you need to bring that mindset to the table. And we're actually going to get into that next. But let's talk about really what a stakeholder is, right? So based on the question, the scenario I threw out there, a stakeholder really can be, your stakeholder groups, I should say, can be broken down into three groups. Your shareholders, the people that pay for the project, your employees, your staff, your team, they're the ones that actually execute the project. And then your customers are the ones that receive the output of that project, right? But essentially, like, like a distilled definition is a stakeholder is anyone that is impacted by your work, right? Because it's not necessarily just your team that's executing on it. There are perhaps other teams internally that are going to be affected by the actions that you're taking, this project itself. And so there is, a, a, I think, a couple clicks down, uh, a more broad view. But really, those stakeholders are, are those that are affected by your actions. So how in the world do you go about enabling them, all three of these general groups here, shareholders, customers, employees, how do you go about enabling all three to thrive? That's what this episode is going to be about. So the first thing that we were just referring to a moment ago is that you need to adopt and you need to shift from a me and them mindset, right? Me and my team, me and, and my customers, or me and the shareholders to a we and us mindset. You've got to believe in this concept of shared success. Now, I've got an interview for you with Trish Gorman, who's got this unbelievable set of experiences uh, at McKinsey and, and Deloitte, and she taught at Wharton and, and Columbia. She helped Jack Welch build uh, his management institute. She's got a f- phenomenal set of experiences and some great insight on this topic. And so one of the uh, episodes you'll see come out with her is about enabling and supporting shared success. So we'll dive deeper into this topic. But here's the thing, is that that shift of mindset I'm going to start you off and and get you thinking this way by giving you an analogy so that you can see the opportunity that's in front of you with those different stakeholder groups. So Jennifer Bridges, who I discovered via the internet, she has, uh, if you guys have ever gone on and looked up any sort of topic about how to get stuff done, essentially project management kind of topics, uh, she's got all these videos on YouTube that have done really well over the last several years. I think it's almost probably eight, nine years that she's been doing it. But she has this uh, video that I watched a while back about how to win stakeholders to your side. And, and I want to kind of share this analogy that she gave and you know kind of add my own spin to it. But essentially what she said is that when you're trying to get something done, You've got to imagine that you are a boxer in a boxing ring. You are Rocky Balboa, and you're going toe-to-toe with Mr. T. You're going toe-to-toe with, with uh, Drago. You're going toe-to-toe with, with Apollo Creed. And you need to be clear that your opponent 
is it's not your it's not your stakeholders, right? It's not uh, your shareholders. It's not your employees or your customers. Certainly, the opponent that you are fighting are challenges, obstacles, right? These are risks. These are issues. These are this is attrition. This is maybe even discord, right? Where people disagree with each other. That that happens. It's a challenge, but it's going to happen. All of those things are going to happen, right? And that's something you're going to be fighting as you're trying to get stuff done. But what your job is, is to get these stakeholders, right, the three that we've named, onto your side. And, and she gives a, a kind of a great personal story to uh, kind of explain how she came up with this. And that is that she said that, you know, when she first started out in her career, I believe it's a, a you know, a career in, in project management, uh, actually, she saw stuff that was confusing to her, like project managers and directors and leadership, they were like arguing and disagreeing and, and in discord with their stakeholders. And she, she knew early on that those stakeholders really are the owners of the project. And, and the way that I have learned, at least uh, did some research on how she defines stakeholder, I literally think it's those who own the resources, own the project. I, and Jennifer, if I'm misinterpreting that, I apologize. But she talks about your stakeholders are the ones that are the owners. They're the ones that really have a say in the project, and you need to to serve them, and you really need to get them on your side because those stakeholders are the ones that are going to be approving and supporting and providing resources and people and and, and certainly the money to, to get the thing done. Now, all of that is very true, but I think the concept still applies to all of these three stakeholder groups. Right, shareholders, employees, and your customers. You need all of them onto your side as you're trying to execute on a, a particular project or initiative and whatever the thing is you're trying to get done. The reason is, is because they are the ones that are going to decide if they're going to be on your side, being your cheering section, or if they're going to actually become a challenge uh, to you. Now, here's the, here's the question I've got for you, and this is the second step is that for you to get those stakeholders on your side, you need to build and nurture relationships with them. Because the key thing that is going to sway them to be behind you to be, and to be on your side is if you build credibility, trust, and deliver results that they care about. Now, I could not emphasize or reiterate this any more than my slow talk is right now, you need to build credibility, trust, and deliver results that they care about. So the key here is that as they are seeing you serve their interests, and they're seeing that you've served others' interests and you've achieved good results, you've gotten stuff done, then they will begin to know you. And they will begin to like you and they will begin to trust you. And when that happens, that's when you transition with your relationship from one of, hey, they know you, they like you and trust you into one where they invest in you. And Jennifer did a great job teaching me that just even online with uh, with her tutorials there. But I love that analogy. and I love that uh, that counsel, that advice there that that process of building and nurturing that relationship has got to go. We talk about trust a lot, and I mentioned it here on the podcast a few times, but 
going into one where your stakeholders are investing in you is is key. And I think there's the literal translation of that, which is like your boss and and the other, I think, owners of resources, right? That's a literal investment into your projects. But you got to think about your team as well. I mean, Simon Sinek, we've talked about this in, in other episodes. He talks about how your team as you give blood, sweat, and tears for them, uh, they're going to do the same for you, right? And so there's a lot of different ways to, to kind of tell the story here. But the truth is, is you just you need to serve their interests. And they need to know that you understand what their interests are. So here's what I'd recommend to you as you're adopting this shared success mindset and you're nur- beginning to nurture these relationships. Step one, the most immediate thing that you need to do is you need to shut up and you need to listen, Right. So whatever initiative or project you are working on right now, right, go to those stakeholders, whether it is your boss. And I would say your boss is probably number one on that list. Go to your boss and the other key stakeholders that you've identified and ask them what is important, what is most important to them about this project? What are their expectations and if you've got a charter, great. If you don't, but just understand what does done look like to you? How are we going to measure success with this initiative and get answers to those questions? Because that's going to paint this picture of how they are viewing the initiative, right? Don't take this, all of you very analytical, pragmatic folks, do not go to your stakeholders and get a list of things they want you to do. Right. This is what we're trying to avoid. Like you're not taking orders from all these stakeholders. You're trying to understand them because in the end, in the end, what's going to happen is that you need to rally efforts behind aligned interests and priorities. So let me give you let me give you an example here. As you're understanding, I actually just last week was talking to our, our vice president of professional services, Hitesh Sony, and I serve his group, right? He's over professional services, and I enable his his group, and, and I asked him, I said, Hitesh, there's two ways my team serves your group, in my mind, from my perspective, and I want to get your, get your reaction, get your thoughts on it. One is we are enabling your consultants when they start to onboard and really get ramped up so that they are um, billable, right? They're billable resources. And then the other part is that I got another part of my team who's trying to enable our customers. And a lot of where our engagement happens with those customers is during the implementation process that your team manages. And so I it would be in our interest or from our perspective, valuable for us to partner on that and for us to be really aligned as we're trying to drive uh, success with our customers on those implementations. As one of our metrics is, is certainly time to go live with our implementation. So having this conversation with him immediately, Hitesh had, he articulated what was important to him. He articulated that ramp time for his consultants was important. And he said, you know, who's going to really drive that Partnership with your customer enablement and our implementation projects is going to be our our PM group. And so he said, I'm going to set up a meeting for us to really talk and align there. So just even a, really it was a five-minute conversation, we got really clear about what expectations were from that stakeholder. As you are compiling 
what the expectations are, what the desires are, or the desired outcomes, excuse me, what uh, what the needs are, what the pain points are, and how it can be measured, how success can be measured, how progress can be measured by those different stakeholder groups. Again, remember, shareholders, let's say those are your executives or your actual shareholders or um, you know your, your operational leadership team. That's actually a term we use here at Workfront. Those, those, that leadership team in, in your company, those that are paying for the work, allocating the resources, right? That's one group. Your customers, that's another group. Your employees, right? And, and I would just add this to the, to the employees piece, and that is your peers, right? Your peers, if you're a director, a VP, a manager, whoever, it's not just your team that's going to go execute or the project team, but Really, it's going to be your peers, and it may be a cross-functional project team, which is great, but you've got to be cognizant of, of those peers that you have cross-functionally in, in the company. Because as you understand what those interests and needs are, this is going to allow for this third part to happen successfully. And that is that you're going to rally the effort of your team as you're executing, and whatever team that is, whether it's functionally your team or it's cross-functionally the project team you're leading out, you're going to rally efforts behind an aligned set of interests and priorities. And let me kind of explain this. I'm going to link uh, for you on donerightpodcast.org for this episode. I'm going to link uh, a download, which is an exercise that is actually in the Done Right book uh, written by my CEO, Alex Schutman. But Essentially, the exercise is, is understanding opportunities of alignment with these different stakeholder needs and interests. And we call it the sticky note exercise, and there's a lot of different, you can use this in a lot of different ways, but we're going to talk about it in this format and with this focus and with this objective of aligning those interests. Because essentially what you're going to do is, is you're going to plot all of those, um, like if it is you and and maybe a few others on your team, you guys are going to take what you understand to be the interests of these different stakeholders, and you're going to put them on sticky notes and just throw them up there on a board, if you will, and you can just bucket them into customers, shareholders, employees, and then you're going to just analyze together. Right? What are you noticing? What are the themes? What are the patterns that are there when it comes to whatever the set of questions were you were asking your stakeholders? Right? Whether that is, hey, how are we going to measure success? What does done look like to you? Um, you know, what are your expectations? What are your needs? That you know, th- there's a lot of different questions you can you can ask. But the the point is, is you want to take themes and patterns away because that is actually going to set your priorities. So we actually went through, and my uh, my CEO. Uh, went through this exercise when he first came to Workfront, right? When he first came to Workfront, he met with the the executive team and he went through this exercise of essentially identifying what's most important according to these different stakeholders and whittled it down to four themes, four, four defining objectives, if you will. And for our company, it was achieve sales and marketing excellence, create category-leading products, uh, drive value and adoption for our customers, and and I think live getting it done, doing it right. It's our set of values in the company. But basically, it just it created this set of priorities for all the stakeholders that were going to meet those needs at, at some level. And that is really a very, very um, helpful exercise because I've done it 
I've seen it happen and heard it uh, at different levels, right? Where it's like strategic direction of the company, kind of these pillars of the company, like I just told you, or even just for a specific project, it absolutely will help you to then go, like one, decide what you're going to do. And then two, go back to those stakeholders. And as you're managing them through the course of the project, it's not rocket science in terms of how you can communicate with them. Meaning, you know what's important to them. And you decided to do something maybe that fits right into that quite nicely, or maybe goes right into the face of what they were wanting to see happen. But here's the thing, is that you can justify or explain or communicate the benefits and maybe the drawbacks, but really maybe the vision of where you're going in their language, using their lens, because that second kind of task, that step that I gave you, which was to collect those interests to listen, you've got that, right? You've got that. And you've got a plan that's that's as cross-functionally or as aligned, I should say, across those interests as much as possible. So I want to I want to end today's episode by giving you a, a rah-rah speech that I'm I'm stealing from one of the Rocky movies. This is actually one of the newer Rocky movies that came out, I think like 10 or so years ago, it was when it was such a weird storyline, but basically Rocky, um, they were doing this simulation, I think with like video games. And they said, Rocky was going to beat like the best fighter in the world at that time. And so they did this sort of, uh, they did this event and anyways, Rocky fought this guy who was, you know, half his age, but there's this really great, storyline in this movie. I think it's called, I think the movie is called Rocky or is it called Rocky Balboa? I can't remember. Sorry guys. But he's got the relationship with his son is, is kind of strained. They're not really close. Uh, And there's a scene in the movie where he goes to his son's workplace and he, and he approaches him and his son, you can tell is kind of embarrassed of him because his dad's so famous, right? Everyone recognizes who he is, and he's kind of embarrassed by it. And his boss, uh, Rocky's son's boss, is just, uh, you know, bossing him around. I mean, he's he's got no respect for the kid, essentially. And and Rocky sees this, and and uh, and so when Rocky decides to fight this fighter who's half his age, he t- tells his son, and his son finally confronts him because he's kind of had enough of like his dad is uh, such a popular famous celebrity he's kind of just tired of it and this whole uh, choosing to fight and to do this fight is is impacting him so he goes to his dad's restaurant and he takes his dad outside and he gets after his dad about um like him doing this fight and he asks him not to do it he's like i don't want to live in your shadow anymore essentially and this is what Rocky says to him. Now, I'm not going to do it justice. Go watch the movie. I'm not not going to, my acting skills are, are really bad, but I'm going to read you the excerpt here. All right, this is what he says. He says, this is Rocky to his son. He's like, you ain't going to believe this, but you used to fit right here. And he's holding up his hand, pointing to the palm of his hand. He says, I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid is going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great watching. Every day was like a privilege. Then the time came for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. 
You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. And he says, let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers, saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. So I absolutely love that quote. And I'm just going to say this. You and I are bringing value to a company, to a team, and to our customers. And there's going to be a lot that stands in your way of being able to do your best work there. That stands in the way of you inspiring your team, of, of, of driving alignment, whatever the challenges are, the risks that come, right? The pushback that you get. There's going to be a lot of that, but the thing that you and I have got to remember is that it is, as Rocky tells us, it is not about how hard you get hit, but about, about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. And that is absolutely what this episode is about. Guys, we've got to understand our stakeholders and we've got to serve them and we've got to prioritize a set of initiatives, if you will, that are going to bring value to those three groups that are going to help them thrive collectively. And that way, we will actually be able to make the the impact that we hope to make, that we aspire to make. But unless we're willing to listen and understand what their needs are, their desires are, their priorities are, we cannot keep moving forward. We'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find more information about the topic and continue the conversation at donerightpodcast.org. The Done Right Podcast is hosted by me, Jordan Staples. The show is produced by Workfront. Our team includes Jeremy Tippetts and Mark Hansen. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. It helps other people find us. See you next time. <laughs>